0: Up everybody we are back for
1: episode what is this Frank oh this will probably end up being episode 8 we
0: are back for episode 8 with Ali and Frank and we are coming to you live from Kate the Jeep not just parked nope not not just at an event not an event but on our way to Moab Utah for Easter Jeep Safari
1: 2019 yeah, one of the requests that we got on Instagram was that we do a podcast as we're heading out to Easter Jeep Safari. Right. So we said, you know what? That is a great idea. Let's do that.
0: Let's see how good Frank's equipment holds up to this.
1: <laughs> I hope the audio sounds okay because um, Kate's not the quietest no, on the a road.
0: <laughs> pretty decent drone
1: at all times.
0: So um, as a matter of fact, I've been talking to Magnaflow about getting a new exhaust system this this is their more extreme kind of open exhaust and I'm thinking maybe something a little bit more muffled get rid of some of that uh some of that ongoing drone so we'll see we'll see what yeah. we come so up so let's
1: like. uh let's start at the beginning because this trip has was on and then it was off again on again off again yeah and speaking I of guess- the
0: devil um uh, Magnaflow originally was gonna flow us out to uh Easter Jeep Safari, we were going to document it and everything uh, with them. Um, But unfortunately, through uh, changing of the guard at Magnaflow, they've got a new uh, kind of structure going on over there. They decided to go in a different direction, which put us on the outs, which is fine. We've still got I still especially have got a great relationship with uh, Magnaflow. Uh, No harm, no foul. We got it figured out at the last minute when we had already decided, hey, you know what? We're done. Let's just let's just write it off. The universe, the universe is speaking to us.
1: Well, yeah, it was a few minutes there where I thought for sure it wasn't yeah. going to happen. And it was kind and of like
0: moments where we were like, oh, we're done. Yeah, and, and even, then, I
1: actually even said, the, I think the universe is trying to tell us, right, don't go. But then just as quickly, the universe conspired to um, bring on Yukon Gear and
0: Axel, who said, you know what? We'll take care of your gas and travel. And then KC, of course, our homeboys, uh, they got us rooms
1: yeah yeah they really took care of us on this one and really kind of made this whole thing possible so huge thanks to KC for uh room and board on this one right
0: so it suddenly became this big scramble to get everything ready and organized and kind of like get the itinerary together where I was just playing on a weekend with the family and then you know work this week
1: yeah I suddenly was just-
0: I'm asking for a time off and
1: yeah, you too, right? Yeah, I was just coming off a trip coming from uh, from Monterey, at the <laughs> right. Sea Otter Classic, and, you know, driving down the coast, and I was like, oh, this is happening, and, yep. you know, taking the same thing, getting time off of work, um, finding out I'm only going to be home for a day to do laundry, repack. And hit the road, and then and that wasn't even the worst of it because you had a list of mechanicals that you had to take care of right. that you were not planning on probably doing this weekend, Correct. right? Because we were not going to go anywhere. And I mean, that's a pretty hefty list. You could probably just run down that too.
0: I mean, real quick, it wasn't it wasn't a lot, but um, it was changing air filter, uh, changing out the oil filter, full oil change, front diff, uh, rear seal, re replacing that uh front and rear diff oil changes uh yeah it was i mean it was all time consuming and then the one thing i'm really bummed about is i was going to replace all four tires originally for easter jeep and then when i figured it was off i just kind of got over it and then suddenly it was back on and my sunday was already written off and so the only time i had was sunday which brings up a really cool topic of discussion which is the things that you don't think about when you go to upgrade
1: the parts on your rig oh totally right you think it's really cool that you're gonna go up oh, but dude. there's a whole host of things that change i'm gonna when get you 37s, go outside of the norms yeah i'm gonna get
0: 40s i'm gonna 42s right everybody's going 38s whatever right like you're like i'm gonna go bigger and that's awesome i love my 37s i got the 37 by 12 and a half they're great the only issue with it is my first time getting them replaced was with america's tire and so I had no idea that, uh, I had no idea that it was not a norm. Right.
1: right that, But that mounting a tire of that size was not a norm and let alone doing it on a Sunday.
0: Right. So what ended up happening is there's all these other tire shops open like, you know, like Big O or Ramona's or whatever, all these different places. Right. And they're all like, yeah, we could probably mount them, but our balancing machine can't handle it. Right. And I was like, what? And so I'm like, okay, this other place will do it. Or like, you know, big O'm all. You're, you're called big <laughs> O tires. Like you should be able to do it of all people. No, they right, right. could not. So I just kind of had to check that one off as uh, next time. And, and, the, and our tread is good. Uh, there was just a little bit of uneven wear. Oh, ball joints. I had to replace right, my ball right. joints with the new Synergy uh, rebuildable ones, which are awesome. But uh, that was part of my original issue, which is I had to replace the ball joints because I was getting a little bit of wheel hop um, due to my old, my stock ball joints being worn out. So there was like, it was acting like a little shock, right? And my front right tire was skipping a little bit. So there's a little bit of feathering happening on the treads, which I could feel when I hit like 75, 85 miles an hour in that range. Uh, not that I speed. Um, so replaced them wanted to change out the tires didn't happen but you know what we're, we're making good time uh kate knock on wood on all the wood has been holding up yeah. exceptionally well but yeah that whole topic of not being able to replace or change a part that i thought was pretty common um, could relate to other things
1: as well right absolutely like that's actually one of the things that we were talking about um on the drive up here was specifically that because he was telling me the story and i said you know when i was really considering the suspension upgrade for the fj cruiser um one of the things that i was considering was long travel suspension because you know once you factor everything in the difference really isn't that much and right. i thought well like pr- price wise right right price wise yeah you're like uh, you know it's you're already spending that kind of money it's really not that much to make the hop to long travel and i was definitely considering it and then i started thinking well then i got to replace the lower um, control arm i got to replace the axles um a bunch of other stuff has to be replaced to right. go with that long travel suspension and i started really kind of questioning uh what is the this build for like what is the FJ meant to do? And for me, it, it's overlanding. It's not rock crawling. It's not one day trips. Right. It's significant length trips, in and sometimes in a foreign country even. Maybe, maybe right? a little rock landing. Right? Maybe maybe a little rock landing. So I definitely want to be capable, but it's it comes down to spare parts right? right so once i start changing the axle and i was thinking of going with like a total chaos kit for example once i start changing the axle i can't just throw any axle from a toyota anywhere in the in the country i can't it's, just walk it's in into an aftermarket part yeah at that point it's an aftermarket part it's a specialty part and i have to really start hunting for it or carry them with me right and that kind of like that lack of reliability i shouldn't say lack of reliability the difficulty in getting parts when you're in a bind really kind of is what kept me from doing it it's the
0: types of things you just don't consider
1: right at least not out of the gate right Right. when you're thinking of like oh it's how glamorous and fun it would be to have long travel you don't consider that those spare parts are now very specific right they're no longer off the shelf toyota parts that you can get from any dealer in the country or even in a foreign country like i can get that part if i go to mexico i can still go to a toyota dealer and get those parts at least you know within a reasonable amount of time you know but once I go to a very specific custom length uh, spindle or axle, now I have to get it from that person in that, you know, at that location in the U.S. No, it, I mean, it's it's a great point you bring up because
0: we've basically thrown the entire, like, icon catalog at, at Kate. Right. But with that, I still have all the same link sizes as stock.
1: Right, right. Granted,
0: they're a little adjustable, but I could get home on what I have. Right. if I had to get a stock JK upper link for the front, end, front of the front suspension. So that's an amazing point that I never even considered because you know, a couple of buddies like uh, uh, Marco and Eric, they went long travel. Right. And so I was like, oh man, that'd be awesome. And I, and I kind of talked to my buddy Jeremy over at Icon. He goes, you know what, first of all, you're not getting that much more. But then to your point, it's like, wow, then you're dealing with like specialty parts that you might not be able
1: to replace, right? Or you, you have had to them carry them on the trail. Yeah, or you carry. You got to carry you. all that stuff with and you. And That's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Those parts definitely add up, and we're already carrying a bunch of stuff. So, you know, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm not. You know, to each his own. But I definitely sided with. I wanted the more readily available, cost-effective part. If I was ever in a bind, um, right. to be able to fix my rig.
0: I mean, I don't think when it comes to like overlanding, I don't. I don't believe. A word that you would describe to overlanders would be underthinking it. That's true. <laughs> I mean, this is like a community and group of people who truly do overthink and, and consider all options. Right. Whether it's upgrading the rigs or you know the routes that they're going to take, um, there's a lot of thought. So, you know, all all of these points of perspective are are great for me because you know, like we like to say, I'm this. I'm new, and it's only been like about a year that I've really been involved heavily into like overlanding and sure,
1: being sure. part of the
0: community. This is great. This is like all these frames of mind, all these frames of like you know points of view. They're they're just going to make me better down the line when I'm doing this on my own or being out there like you know 60, 80, 100 miles away from civilization and you know. Good thing I considered these points before I I took off on my trip, right?
1: Totally, yeah. These are things that, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, like we talked about in the beginning in this podcast that... um you're, you're learning with us, right? And even if you don't agree with us or you think there's a, or you're in a, your situation is different, at least you're considering the option, right? You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Dude, doesn't I'm apply learning to with me. us. Yeah, it doesn't apply <laughs> to me, but great, right? So, you yeah. know, definitely consider your options and make those decisions when you're thinking about upgrades or spare parts. You know, I'm still getting upgraded shocks and, you know, an upgraded upper control arm, but one, they're both incredibly reliable. Well, you took your time. I did take my time, yeah, absolutely. You know and we and we talked about that in a previous episode, right? Where you kind of use your vehicle, explore kind of its strengths and weaknesses and then also what your specific needs are, right? Because those will change. Correct. Those will change as you get better and as you kind of begin to better understand your needs and you don't want to get something now because you just have to have something right then spend the money again six months later because i don't know about you but you know i'm definitely not made of money and i definitely can't afford to make this expense twice sure
0: i mean it's kind of difficult in the kind of society we live in where it's like immediate gratification yeah you you expect to get it and get it now and and especially for you i imagine it'd be kind of difficult because you run the uh uh, oc rigs and coffee event so you're always looking at everybody else Oh they built up.
1: Yeah, I see rigs every month that are built. Some of them are, are starting out. Some of them are built, like, to the nines. And, you know, I definitely get, like, a little envy, right? I'm like, damn, that would be so cool to be able to run long travel, total chaos, long arm kit, you know, the whole nine yards. Or, oh, that'd be cool, so cool to, you know, put on fiberglass fenders and put a roll cage in and right and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where guys build like really hardcore overland vehicles that are you know they can live out of for a week or two like it's yeah i mean but at the end of the day it depends on what's realistic for you and neither, neither of those two scenarios are realistic to for me to what i want to do at least not yet for sure
0: i mean um speaking of overland and your rig so this is all kind of like a first for you, as far as like really starting to build up, Trucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. Truckee has been kind of like a, I want to say a, a a a slow build, but not but not really like it's been mostly uh, utilitarian, right. right? So what? How can I carry more things? How can I get more storage? How can I maximize the space that I have? And more importantly, maximize the 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 platform, right? The fundamental platform of of the fj cruiser before i start really like adding you know the suspension and other like enhancing features
0: i mean your your build kind of reminds me of the approach that adam from everyman overland has has taken on his rig where he's got that zero to colorado right but right he's been so methodical in every step same
1: as you I think he's either, like, I think he's been more methodical than me sure like, that well, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of people yeah. as
0: methodical as Adam <laughs> um, given what he does especially right. like with BFG and right. like all the we'll, we'll get him on here to talk about it one day with Olaf but um for you it's like it's been like the, the the base needs you've got a tent that you love you've been camping on the ground for for a while yeah like on all these different things that we've done yeah um but now it's kind of like you're you're starting to step it up to like full rig independent right like no ground camping well maybe but but you're starting to you're starting to like transition over to the 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 rooftop tent
1: right yeah yeah I'm warming up to the idea of yep. a rooftop tent um for the longest time I was kind of hesitant to go down that road uh, for me I was I've always been okay with sleeping on the ground I've never thought never really felt the need to get off the ground when it came to sleeping um mostly because You know, a lot of the terrain that we've gone to have been campgrounds and the the ground's fine. I mean, you you know, you put a mattress down and, you know, and now that I've got that program figured out where I've got a great mattress pad and a great sleeping bag. Right. Like that is the least of my problems. Right. So, um, but now that I'm getting into kind of trying to going a longer distance and also spending less time at camp. Sure. You know, because that's one of the things that's kind of evolved with what we're doing is you know it used to be about going out there and spending two or three days in a location and now i'm finding that what i really enjoy is is kind of like what eric talked about right just getting out there just getting out there and and putting and and putting down miles yep you know so i don't want to spend you know six eight hours in a campsite you know aside from sleeping i want to pack it up and and move yeah, you're going over the land. You're
0: not staying on the
1: land. You're not... Yeah. They would
0: call it camping otherwise. Yeah, right? and,
1: and again, nothing wrong with that, right? Like, it's, it's just, for me, my enjoyment in, in this particular kind of hobby is is seeing the outdoors and experiencing and kind of exploring the terrain, right? Right. And so, you know, I'm sure at some point I'll stop and kind of take it in for a day in one location if it's, you know, gorgeous or whatnot, or for a special event, Right. you know, but for the most part, my enjoyment, I love driving. I love driving my vehicle. I love kind of covering ground.
0: I mean, and you get to see a lot of like, you know, America and like all the beauty that it has. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, one thing that really like kind of stood out to me right now is I just passed an 80 mile per hour sign and you don't don't get that in California at all. You don't get that in
1: California. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. That's a good (laughs) limit right there. Yeah. I heard heard actually um, that there's talk of expanding um, the speed limit in California for certain sections of actually removing the speed limit like Audubon style. Oh Autobahn style. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know how far that's gonna go. Um, but Utah definitely has that going for it where um 80 mile per hour speed limit and gas is a gal is a buck less a gallon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean the not to get too off track because I want to go back to why you're building up trucky and the urgency, but um Germany has a pretty solid culture in high speed driving where licensing for vehicles is held to a higher standard. Totally. Than in, than in America. So when I hear things like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're gonna make it Audubon style, that gives me a little, uh, it does make pause. me nervous. Yeah. It makes me wanna pause a little bit and be yeah. like, hey, have we thought this through? Because every person, every, everybody and their grandma literally can get their license. And I'm not sure that everybody should be on a road where there is no speed limit. And here, especially,
1: like, we have a problem right now any everywhere, right, where people can't get out of the left lane to begin with. And the Autobahn is super strict about right. being in the left lane only for passing, right? right? And so we can't even do that now. Like, I can't imagine when people are, it, like, We hauling. can't
0: even get off our phones <laughs> out here.
1: Exactly. We
0: can't even get off our mics when we do our podcasts <laughs> right? in the car. Right? I don't
1: know. If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure now I'm wondering how I feel about setting this example you can't so. take away my phone or my microphone <laughs> um, these are these are not handheld mics if phones. it has the word phone in it these it's are, in my hand these are hands-free wireless mics that we're using
0: I mean it's on the dash <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no I mean totally safe and uh, yeah
1: yeah be safe we're, go.
0: we're always. Go. Anyways, so going back to Truckee and basically the the urgency piece is, you're uh, you're coming with us.
1: Yeah, and, so uh, I'm joining you yeah. and uh, the rest of the KC crew um, on a run from Southern California uh, out to Overland Expo in Arizona. Uh, in yeah. Arizona, right? So we'll have I think one stop on the way, right? Well we'll to, stop to uh, Williams, which right. is the KC
0: facility. Can't wait to see that and meet the meet the crew over there. Um I mean through and through like I don't think I've met a single person from KC I haven't liked right um Randy's a little questionable I don't know about that guy <laughs> no, I'm kidding I love Randy kidding love you Randy <laughs> um but yeah like just it's going to be a good time and what's really exciting is that we're taking dirt roads for the most part yeah. all the way there yeah yeah I don't even know I can't even I can't even comprehend like what that's like to cover that much uh
1: distance just on dirt i know i'm super fired up about it i'm super stoked and i'm really you know like and not not to sound cheesy um but i'm really grateful for the opportunity in general that we get to do this and that we get to bring everyone that listens to the podcast along for that trip like this is not something i would have ever done on my own or even been able to do on my own and um, I'm just stoked. I'm like so fired up that this is that this trip is happening and that we're gonna get to like total experiences with cool people. And I think Brad uh, Trail Recon Brad is mapping out the route for us. Yep. Right. He's planning it all out. He's gonna. We're gonna. He's gonna set up the point, the meeting point, and then we're gonna go. We're just gonna like hit the dirt and take three days uh, to get out to Williams. Yep. So I'm fired up, and that's like kind of that's kind of the deadline to get Trucky right. ready to go. Right, so um, I guess I mean I guess I should kind of like just break the news on what I'm what the suspension is actually going to end up. Sure, in, I mean right, like the final the final build. Um, so we've talked about it a lot. Um, I've talked about it a lot. So those of you that know me really well know that I've been talking about this forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I have a stack of parts in my garage. So here's the build list um, of what I finally settled on uh, for a truckie. I'm gonna do. Um, First, and first first, thing, the big thing, um, it's going extended travel kings all the way around um, with the adjustment, uh, re- you know, rebound adjustment. So um, all four corners are going to be sitting on kings, uh, resis with rebound adjustment. Solid. So, yeah, I decided to go big on that. I saved my pennies in my jar for a nice long, long time, um, and I made that decision a while ago. Um, to go that route. Uh, again, just based on, you know, conversations, experience, needs, um, and what I wanted uh, from my vehicle personally. So uh, plump down the chunk of change for those bad boys. Um, and then uh, the next the next piece is my upper control arms. So huge thanks to Camberg on those, because those guys make epic products and I'm really stoked um, that I was, you know, able to kind of those things just came out. I got the kinetic uppers, which are their machined um, billet uppers. They look beautiful. These things are like they're just like jewelry. Right um, I also love the fact that they're just not super common, right? It's not... I love the fact that Truckee's going to have something unique. Uh, and that was always kind of something that I that wanted is to do. That was always
0: cool, yeah. Yeah.
1: I wanted to go... I wanted to take this build in a, a different direction, but also not for the sake of being different. I still wanted it to be very functional and very, very real. Sure. So... Um, this makes perfect sense. So it's getting camber, kinetic uppers um, in the front. The rear is getting Icon plus 2 inch springs uh, from Icon uh, Vehicles Dynamics. Yep, Solid choice there. Those are the plus 2 inch overland springs uh, that are going in the rear. That's going to help me kind of get that rear end up a little bit higher, but also Give you a, lot of, clearance, a yeah. lot of clearance and also manage the extra weight um, that's going to be going back there in the sag um, from that. So and then to kind of top that off is uh, the Icon uh, hydraulic bump stops. Right on, yep. So I run those. That's gonna round all of that out, and that's my suspension plan nice, man. Um, for the FJ Cruiser. I'm gonna slap some some 33s on there. Yep. Um, I'm not gonna go 35s just yet. I was going to, um, but decided not to. Well, I decided- I'll tell you what
0: if you do go 35s, Most tire shops can facilitate. Yeah, (laughs) now we know. It's just when you hit that 37, you're screwed. 35 is the cutoff, yeah. Yeah, you got like one place.
1: Some additional little things that I'm doing just for my own peace of mind um, and also for mechanical stability um, is uh, because I'm going extended travel um, shocks, I'm going to do a one inch diff drop just to alleviate some of the angle. You're dropping the diff. Yeah, just an inch. um, And that's just to alleviate the angle on the uh, on the drive shafts, because I am going extended travel, not just the normal uh, lift. So there's a, these are a little bit longer. Could you potentially
0: go with uh, with an extended drive shaft instead of dropping your diff down?
1: Um, I potentially could, but I don't know that someone makes one to that specific length, like to that specification. Because right. if you go with like a total chaos kit, for example, they make a plus two to go with their plus two um, kit. So that drive shaft is specifically the length that you need um, for that kit, right? So I don't think that I. This is a Uh, It's it's a it's a safer solution, got it. Right for what I'm trying to do, Um, I'm also getting spindle gussets, right, to uh, beef up the spindles. Yep. uh, Because presumably with with more travel and more capability is going to come maybe a few harder hits, so I definitely don't want those things to bend. Sure. So gonna get some spindle gussets, uh, some alignment tabs will get welded on as well, um, for obvious reasons, right? Um, So so yeah, that pretty much rounds out. No.
0: don't you guys Hit. have? Sorry, but don't you guys have like a frame mount that you tend to want to like move? Or yeah, is that why so, you go with the thirty
1: threes? Yeah, that's why I'm going with the thirty threes because if you want to go bigger, you got to do the body mount chop on pretty much that's most right. that's on Toyotas, right? So the everything from I think the Tacoma, the 4Runner, and the FJ Cruiser, um, you have to do that. You have to chop that body mount um, and, and then weld a the plate on it, and cover it and weld the plate on it um and that just allows clearance for the 35 inch tire uh to to fit in there right so so yeah i'm not going that route um i decided i wasn't going 35s so i don't need the body mount chop and i would probably want to re-gear anyway if i went with 35s so i figure if i'm gonna go that route i'll just do it all at once so what's your current tire size um right now i'm at 31s all
0: right so a couple inches isn't really gonna
1: Make all the difference in this case. No, it's not going to kill my. In this my, case. Yeah, it's not going to really kill my gas mileage to do anything significant. But it is going to give me that extra meat because I am keeping. I am keeping a sixteen-inch wheel, got so it. I'm going to get. I'm still. I'm going to have a lot more sidewall um, and a lot more meat on those tires than if I went up to like a seventeen or an eighteen-inch wheel. Got it. Got it.
0: Um, now, as far as like bumpers go, have you started considering like anything there, or? I have stopped? given
1: bumpers um, a lot of thought. Truth be told, um, the FJ Cruiser actually has really great uh, approach and departure angles. So, um, I mean, really, the only, obviously, the reason you would want a beefier bumper is a much better, or, or an aftermarket bumper, I should say, is because out of the gate you get a much better departure angle. Right, especially on the front Um, on most aftermarket bumpers. And obviously, it's the armor. And they look mean
0: as hell, too. They look mean as hell. But
1: but functionally speaking, right, you're getting a better departure angle um, and you're getting protection. Right. So, the protection piece, honestly, I haven't really needed uh, because I'm more overlanding. I'm not really rock crawling. I'm not really smashing up against things that much. Um, And so, I'm sure at some point I'll hit something. (laughs) So, we will see after this trip.
0: How right. much of a crawler you end up becoming? That's or not. true.
1: That's absolutely true. I feel like <laughs> I
0: feel like uh, I feel like Moab is a game changer yeah. and a life changer as far as how a lot of people approach things. Um, I've seen it time and time again where people go out here and they come back and they're just like all in. So it'll be interesting to see if it changes your perspective or or total like outlook on whether you're into crawling or just overland or just rock landing. Right. You know? Right. Well, I will say
1: my um, my father-in-law last night did tell me. He's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like be careful they're going to try and convert you to the right? dark side. Um, well, maybe
0: we'll just get you to a jeep and we'll call it a
1: day. They're going to save some, you from all that I'm other stuff. I'm not going to lie, the gladiators look pretty dope it and we're going to look pretty awesome. Not to, and I'm going to tease this a little bit, but we are going to see one that is specifically pretty amazing. So, it no, I'm never say never. Nothing is impossible. But right now, um, considering the amount of money and work that's going in the truckie, I don't see myself backing away from trucking anytime soon.
0: Right. No, I, I think there's definitely like some emotional connection, 100%. or a lot of emotional connection, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's your girl,
1: right? You yeah. Can't, you can't
0: turn your back on your can't, girl. Can't, can't, not can't yet. Back anyways. On not yeah. until she's done, and then you can sell her later. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. has been um, a great part of this whole journey, so I'm really, I'm really stoked. That's um, awesome. To, to see what happens there and then like you said earlier right the next step then is looking at um you know do i go rooftop tent who what do i right. go with um how big how big of a tent do i actually there's need? so many options out oh there. my gosh there's an insane amount of options out there for rooftop tents you know so. i'm gonna
0: try to push you into free spirit but that's yeah. just you know plug <laughs> but that's just you know mean. yeah <laughs> i like them and they've been good to me and yeah
1: yeah that's but, uh, the nice. but thing thing you're too. gonna
0: you're gonna be inundated with uh
1: Oh, totally. And you know what? I've said this before. Um, This is a great time to be into overlanding because never, ever have you had the amount of support and the amount of knowledge being accumulated either in forums or groups or clubs or meetups. Like, there's so many meetups happening. There's so many groups that are being created for overlanding that, like... You know, learning and getting your feet wet—it's—it's never been easier, right? right? And and then the and the second part of that is a lot of the auto manufacturers like Icon, King, uh, Fox—you know, suspension and rooftop tent manufacturers. There's so many of them now. Yep. Like, do you have prices have come down? Prices have come down. You've got your pick of some seriously awesome products, dude. But there's still some premium companies out there. Oh, totally, totally. Speaking Speaking of which. Oh, who uh, James Baroud? For well, no, our <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: they're definitely up there. No, yeah. I'm talking about you. You got yourself another little sponsor, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> are we gonna talk about that or are we gonna wait? I think we should wait. I think we wait? should wait until oh, like
1: until it's built All in. All I and- gotta
0: say is Chucky's gonna be pretty badass and pretty legit. Yeah. Not that she's not right now, but that that is gonna be. You, you just don't see too many trucks with that level that's true of built and you know, you know like
1: i i know none of this i i know that the build, build quality is going to be crazy yeah the build quality is going to be phenomenal i'm telling you people truck yeah. is going to be legit i've got I've, I've i've had some awesome support and the one thing that i really 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 want to hit home is that i don't want to emphasize the fact that on some of these things i got help i got support i'm eternally grateful and but that's not what it's about right like you know it just helps it just yeah it definitely helps but i guess my point is is that to people listening into the average person like you know i paid for a lot of everything that's on trucky right now right and my and i'm not saying that be- to get sympathy or anything like of that nature i'm saying it because yeah, what are you trying you know, to say you know your build your build should be slow and it should mean something to you right like it shouldn't be a race to get things done and i know it's really easy when it yo, seems like yo yo i take offense to that okay <laughs> <laughs> I know you and I are at odds about this because Kate <laughs> happened really quick. It wasn't my fault. And Kate is definitely a It was a, a bad problem to have. Yeah. Kate is definitely a sponsored build, but. Or a good problem to have. Yeah. But my point is, is that with Instagram, with Facebook, yeah. with even this podcast, like I know it seems like everyone and their mom is sponsored and everyone and, and builds happen super fast. They don't. Like I've been in this for three years which you know i'm still new compared to lots of other people right. like i've been in this for three years i've had truckie for almost two like they don't happen fast there is no rush do it right and do it to your needs and and you'll be way happier than if you were out there holding your hand out for free stuff because even when i when i went for a specific sponsor it was because that's who I wanted to work with. It wasn't because I was like, hey, and, and I had the opportunity to actually ask for someone to work with, right? right? Like I was in that position and, but it wasn't because I was looking for anyone that made, let's just take suspension for example, which I paid for, right? I'm not sponsored by any suspension company, right? It's not because I was like, uh, whoever gives me free shocks is, is, gonna, is what I'm gonna run. Right. No, I made a conscious decision to go after, you know, what I've got on my truck. and But Rebel
0: think, is helping you too, right? Yeah, Rebel, Rebel off-road.
1: Yeah, yeah, Rebel, as you guys know, we've mentioned them in the past. I've had a long relationship with them as well, um, basically since the beginning. Good friend they, to have. Yeah, they're a good friend to have. Um, more than anything is, is, one, their knowledge. Those guys have been doing this for a long time, and they know how to build Insanely awesome vehicles right. and do them well, but and I go to them for advice, right? Like even with Truckee, I was we we've gone back and forth for at least almost a year on what the actual suspension is going to be and how it's going to be built out and which parts I need to use. I've flip-flopped. I've gone from you know total chaos to Camberg to you know uh, Dirt King to uh, Baja Lifts. I've yep. gone all. I've done so much research. I've made my head my own head spin. So. I guess, you know, my point is, is that don't, don't, you know, don't rush into things, right? This is, totally, this, is this is a serious amount of money I mean, that you're going to spend on your rig, you know, like, to your point earlier, it's like, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. Totally. I mean, this is
0: my defensive moment um, <laughs> because as you guys know, this was a very fast build on my end. It was like from start to finish. I want to say it was about six months of just at it. And so instead of, uh i, I, I kind of do wish i would have crawled and then ran but i basically went from zero to 100 real quick and i would just leverage as much of the community and your local like off-road shop as possible and totally i've got a really funny story and this is you know this was by no means intended to be like a rebel off-road plug or anything they're just good guys and we tend to work with them a lot yeah. and bond has built a really cool thing over there yeah well when I when I was working with uh, John over at Castle Fab and we were doing our RCV axle install, we were doing gussets and sleeves on on the on the axles of, of the front axles. Well, I had to source my uh, my gussets and sleeves, and when I did that, uh, Jacob over at Rebel was like, "Hey, you want to swap out your ball joints while you're at it?" I'm
1: right, like, right. I'm like, dude, I that's, was there for that actually. You there, yeah. I was actually there. No, no buying... you were there
0: when I returned them. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I'm like, you know what? it's like 200 bucks right now that i don't want to spend and the reality is is you know based off of like john's experience and what he's done his his fabrication wouldn't necessarily mess with the ball joint even though it is a plastic inner um there was always the potential though right right granted right. through the course of all the trails that i've done i ended up wearing out those stock ball joints right that made it so on saturday i had to spend four four and a half hours of my day swapping out ball joints to the new synergy pieces instead of swapping out swapping out my tires or right. doing the oil challenge on Saturday and spending more time at the beach with the family on Sunday. Right. which I had to like you know the family went to the beach. I went met them for 40 minutes. I had to leave. Yep. So you know, do a little bit of the work on the advanced side. Yep. Instead of on the back end when maybe you could
1: have used that time for something. That's else. the I told you so moment, right? Where, sure. Yeah. Where and, I, like- and
0: I called Jacob and I'm like, hey, buddy uh just want to kind of say this to you in person uh but we'll do it over the phone I should have done the ball joints when you said so
1: yeah yeah I was there for that I was buying I think I was buying some front runner stuff from rebel I ordered like some rotopax mount for the roof and some other stuff and some rotopax and locks and all that kind of you know stuff from them and I was in there like picking it up and Ali rolls it and I was like oh dude what are you doing here and he had the box he had the ball joints, he had a, he had him in his hand he was returning them, and him and Jacob kind of went back and forth and Jacob was like dude you, are you sure I think you're going to need them. I've done it, you know, the experience, right? And I was in like
0: total crunch, mode. I'm like, dude, I just want to return them. I'm moving on. I got other things I got to do. Like, I got to check stuff off my list. Time was at a premium. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and I've had the same experience, you know, with those guys. And so, like you said, not to make this a total plug, but I've, I've come, you know, I've worked with them as a customer, right? As a paying customer. And they did um, a lot of installs on the FJ cruiser so far. um, And, their advice and even if you end up using another shop because you don't live in California you live in you know Pennsylvania or something Dude, people tow like, their
0: rigs there they right? do
1: I will say that yeah. don't get me wrong people tow their rigs to rebel from all over the country but if if they're too far for you and you don't have that your local off-road shop is also a wealth of knowledge and it pays to have a relationship with those guys right We do. we tell the same people in the bike industry right like mountain bikers and road cyclists I go the first and most important relationship that you need to have is your local bike shop right especially your mechanic because that guy is gonna these little incremental fixes these little incremental costs prevent big problems down the road yep so it's the same thing in off-road i mean you know i mean
0: it's funny it's that's a really good parallel because i bought my bike from the path bike shop
1: yeah And those are that's a great shop too, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah, they're great. And uh, and one of their locations is in like uh, Santiago, right? Um, I think it's Santiago, between like Saddleback, yeah, yeah, but across from O'Neill Park. And they basically became a wealth of knowledge of local trails, exactly, of like conditions, stuff like that. I can call them up, they'll let me know if like stuff's closed after it rains, you know, things like that. And you get that same thing with like shops, you know, call them up, talk to them find out information about trails or find out where they're going, meet up with them. So just a good thing to do, you know?
1: Yep. Those are, those are your community hubs, right? Are those, those places like the, the, the shops are kind of where they're, they've got their hand, their finger on the pulse. Yep. Right. And they know what's going on and what's up and where things are trending, which parts are most reliable for what you want to do. Which parts might be most economical for what you want to do. Correct. Right. Like they've, Those guys, they know what's up. And look, when
0: you have shops with like years and years and years of experience and reputation, you should pretty much trust that they're not trying to screw you out of like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Everyone everyone who's who's worth like you know, worth a grain of salt knows that there is no win in a short term in like screwing over a customer short term. Right. Right? Like you don't nobody wins. Right? You may you win that one time and they're never coming back. Right, so any shop, any, any shop that's worth their salt is is gonna take care of you. And when you find one, hold on to it, man. It's like finding a good mechanic for anything else. You find a good hold one, on. hold on to them, <laughs> treat them well.
0: Yeah, and if you know you're you're getting into like overlanding again, I just want to I want to reiterate this, like do the little work in advance. Spend the extra couple hundred bucks if you have to to replace those like parts that people know. Well fail, right. you know? Right, right, like the weak att- points. Attack those weak points first. Um, actually, one thing to that is, a buddy of mine, Leo from uh, Wero's Auto Repair, like out in uh, Santa Ana, Yeah, he's a shop I go to, just really knowledgeable, and he like, he like, takes his time with everything, and one thing he told me, which was a really cool concept, was leave a weak link, a cheap weak link in your suspension, that's easily replaceable, and you can keep spares on yourself, so that if you like, hit something, that'll break. Not like a not a piece that's totally weak in comparison to the rest of your suspension, but just a piece that'll fail before all that expensive stuff that you installed fails. That's interesting. It was a really interesting point of view and maybe one day we'll get him on to really kind of like elaborate and like you can hear from the horse's mouth. Right. But when he presented it to me and the way he the thought that he had behind it, I was like, damn, that makes sense.
1: Well and you know, to kind of draw from my knowledge base, right, in the bike industry, that's not a rare that's a common actually train of thought because on bikes that's the dropout that's the that's the rear derailleur hanger okay right so the whole point of the rear derailleur hanger is that when you smash your rear derailleur it bends not the derailleur not the frame right it's a super cheap replaceable part that's meant to 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 fail instead of more expensive parts like the frame Right? So Yeah. So, I mean, he's not... There's definitely, like, some logic that's that's used there in other industries. Um, I'd be curious to know what part specifically uh, he's talking about because I'm that sure would there, be... I'm sure there'd have to be, like, a recommended piece. Oh, now. totally. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: But the idea, like, uh, a buddy of ours uh, had, a, had a mishap, and he had ended up putting so much money into his rig and then just freaking, like, stuffed it. And, like... Out like straight away out the window went all thousands of dollars and like work, and it's like had he had a piece that maybe could have failed and saved the rest. It's kind of like a crumple zone. Yeah. On a on a vehicle chassis on a frame, it's like that crumple zone's there, so that that will crumple and the rest of the stuff. You know your engine doesn't end up in your lap. Right.
1: Right. right basically.
0: So, anyways, cool cool little thought, like cool uh, cool way of approaching it. I thought.
1: I'm still kind of blown away that there's snow on these mountains and it's like, we're midway through April.
0: Going through Arizona, it's it's interesting. Like, I, I wonder if these guys are just so used to it, they never like think twice. Right? But it is <laughs> really pretty out here just just through the, the last hour that we've been driving. Yeah,
1: for context, we just rolled out of St. George. So yep. we got back on the freeway and that's kind of when we started recording, uh, was once we gassed up, got our caffeine fix and uh, kind of hit the road again. Uh, here in in St. George, past St. George, so we are about three hours from our Desto, yep. so I gotta say, I like this. I actually like talking in the vehicle.
0: I, I mean, hope we're doing it good. anyways.
1: I already figured we could have recorded two episodes up to this point. Right, from all the conversations yep. that we've had on the way up here. Like, one of the conversations that we had and that we were really kind of got passionate about was the public works projects of like a generate you know generations ago you know you're, when you're for those of you who have kind of rolled up the 15 pads just when you leave uh, when you're kind of going into into out of Nevada into Arizona, um, you're going along the Virgin River and those crazy canyons. And yeah. You, yeah, you go into these crazy canyons and you can see the drill marks, you know, on the walls. That's so cool when you pointed that shit out. Yeah, like, never where really they, they dropped dynamite that. to yep. blast the walls off, right, to make room for this highway to go through. Yep, and like that was so long ago and a time when projects like that were like impossible right there were un- unfathomable right to some people that you really had to dream big to go we're gonna cut through these miles of mountains and build a highway you know west yep. like that's and I, and I think that you know as a country sometimes the that ability to dream big for in in, in the in the name of public works in the name of progress in the name of you know, like humanity or, or national pride. I think that's kind of, it's kind of faded, right? Like we're kind of mired in, in argument and and you know, and I and the one that comes to mind, the reason that we got on this topic, or the one the one that comes to mind is the California, the bullet train that never happened. Right. dude, right? That was such a disappointment. Cause such a disappointment.
0: Like you want to get on a train and get to San Francisco in a single shot. Oh, that'd be so rad. And get up, get up north. You know, go vacation, whatever the hell you're gonna do. Or even like maybe commute, I don't know, but like
1: a high-speed rail system would be awesome. You t- and to really appreciate it, you have to go to another country that has a high-speed rail system and use it. See how efficient and, oh, it is, like Japan. Totally. Yep. It's it's like in it's an alternative to flying in 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 a really cool way. You see the landscape in a way that you've never seen it before, and it really just opens up your ability. To explore more of what's your state more
0: of what's your country it's cool well i mean what i'll say is i mean and get prepared to get triggered right now but yeah <laughs> you hear about make america great again you hear oh, this it's been thrown around through the elections and just our current administration i'm not going to get political but i'm saying that concept of making america great that starts with these types of projects of like really building america up like I'm not talking about walls. I'm talking about things that get people and bring people together and like give you greater access and, and help make things more amazing. Yeah. That's this one of the beautiful country that
1: we live in. Exactly. And we you know one make of the. Make that great again. Yeah. Some of the examples, like public works, right? We talk about like, you know, whether it's inf- internet infrastructure or all this other stuff. But, you know, the fact that we couldn't even build a bullet train just because of, political incompetence is is frustrating and I don't want to get again I know this is getting political and we probably should never do this again right. but, <laughs> but but the fact that we couldn't even build a bullet train when generations ago they were carving through mountains building Hoover Dam building like you know yeah. going to the moon when no one else had done it before like the fact that we couldn't even build a bullet train across the Central Valley in California is, is depressing as, as to where we are as a country in our ability to dream big and accomplish big. Like we- I mean, we had
0: so much pride in ourselves at a certain point and I'm not, whatever your political views are, I don't care. But like, we had so much pride in ourselves. We had things like Rushmore, you know, like right. we built these great monuments and things that just like for the time, like established, like we are American, we love our country, like this
1: is us, right? Right. right. And where we is got? And and these highways, like, and this is the thing, right? You can say, and we had this, and we had the same thing, right? We had this conversation in the vehicle, and I said, look, the part of the problem is that nowadays, um, where ignorance is bliss, right? Maybe we didn't know that we were killing the rare, you know. Dirt, earth, right. mud, yeah. mud gummy, There is that point, right? Of view, yeah. like that back then, and maybe we didn't know that, you know, we were the polka
0: we dot yellow, purple speckled sure gecko.
1: A hundred percent. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be the generation responsible for wiping out a species either, right? I get it, but you know, we we did. So you know, in that in that regards, maybe some of that isn't possible anymore. But think of it this way: if some of these highways didn't exist and didn't take us to the far stretches of our country our own like people the exploration of us in this country and people realizing people from kansas seeing the pacific northwest right people from florida seeing the great plains people from california experiencing the grand canyon those are all exponentially more possible and 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 attainable Dude, within reach. it's about access it's access. Yeah. It's access, it's things that you can experience because somebody made it possible. A generation made that possible. And that's that's really where I'm coming from. It's not about like building great mon- monolithic structures f- to glorify humanity, or even to glorify our, ourselves as Americans. It's, it's the fact that someone did this for the greater good. And that I think is what we're missing.
0: It's like the reason why one night you'll go to sleep wake up in your tent with your child, open up the zipper and look out into Zion, is because of all that
1: yeah totally you, you know, know and i you know i know that's kind of an altruistic approach to it and obviously i'm sure we, I, we weren't around we weren't alive back then but i'm sure there were naysayers back then people that didn't want to build hoover dam people that didn't want to build the the national highway system you know and all that kind of stuff right i mean i i i personally am kind of a history buff so i read a lot of that stuff um and i know you know the great depression and all these different things right and whether sure. i was right you know what At the end of the day, you know, we all know this to be true. There is no reward without risk. And I think we've lost our grit for risk.
0: Oh, absolutely. And one thing I will say is like, you could go fill up your tank with like the best gas in the world, right? And right off the bat, you're ready to go for 200, 300 miles. Totally. But you get down to those fumes and you're not going too far and you can't survive off the fumes. (laughs) All right? So we need to get shit going again. Like, I want to see some amazing things get built. Like, there is no problem. There's no issue with progress as long as it's done in a responsible manner.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what, speaking of fumes, I'd like to not pay a dollar extra for gas in California just because I'm in California. (laughs) Dude, summer blend, you're killing me with summer blend. I'm super jealous right now, man. We're driving through Utah, and for some reason, gas here is a buck 30 less. I don't know why. There's going to be snow through July in
0: Mammoth. Keep winter blend. Give me my dollar cheaper gas or start manufacturing that stuff, you know, unless you want to come out with an electric Jeep. I'll consider that. But for now, I need cheap gas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with that. That's my say for the, for the episode. Um, you know, I think. That's. I didn't even. I wasn't even planning on bringing that up. It just kind of happened. So I hope you guys don't hate us for getting somewhat quasi political or skirting around the political. Oh part yeah, I thought you part. were
0: talking about summer blends. No,
1: no. Even summer blends. There's a whole different rabbit <laughs> hole we can go down. But um, what I guess what I'm getting at is, um, I definitely, you know, I appreciate if you listened through that and let me get it off my chest. Um, but I think we should pay some bills.
0: Let's pay the bills. Cha-ching. So first off, thank you to. Our good friends that keep the nights not
1: so dark. That's right. Casey Highlights. That's right. And in honor of Game of Thrones premiere um, last night, uh, the, you know... That was a pretty good episode. That was a pretty good episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the uh what, what does he say the night is dark and full of terrors you know? <laughs> not with kc not nah, with kc it is <laughs> so <man>. stupid <laughs> if you got a set of daylighters your gravity pro 6s you've got the lord of light on your roof man that's all i'm gonna say yeah, we're, <laughs> we're we're joining their marketing team
0: officially from here on out
1: i've got the lord of light on a switch on my dashboard what do you got <laughs> so stupid
0: but yeah, sorry, they, uh, they take care of us, they take us, I mean, we do a lot of events with those guys, uh, they they take care of our rigs, um, they make a solid product for not an arm in a leg, um, they were, they're one of the OGs, they're one of the roots companies within the Overland, uh, not Overland, sorry, off-road game, yep. and definitely a heavy presence in Overlanding, so stoked yep. to be part of the family
1: absolutely thanks a lot guys we appreciate your support and um you know per the usual i think ali does that offer still stand yeah or? dude
0: just like i said dm me i've already yeah, had people either one of me us up on it yeah stoked to give it to you but just send me a text uh through instagram
1: yeah and we will get you sorted you can hit us up at um kate the jeep you can hit me up at truckie mctruckface or you can dm us directly at rigged for dirt um we'll uh We'll make sure you get a little something, some.
0: We actually have a, an event special that we'll be posting on Instagram. Oh yeah, well yeah. that won't
1: be on this podcast.
0: Not on this podcast, no, but we'll be. It, it'll this be, event on, will be long it'll over. It'll be on Instagram, so <laughs> we're not. We can't give out that code on here, but right. Um, again, just DM us uh, either of us, and uh, we will have a rig for dirt. Uh, Code for you guys. So Frank or
1: I can help you out with that. Yep. Also, um, huge thanks to a sponsor that's been with us from the beginning, uh, Rigged Supply, R-I-G-D Supply.com. Check them out. Uh, Obviously, they have their Ultra Swing. We have talked a lot about it. Um, I'm looking forward to getting one of those on Truckee to complete kind of my build and gear carrying options. But also, don't forget, those guys supply a lot more than just um, the Ultra Swing, even though that is probably one of their most coolest kits of badassery right now. Um, check yep. them out for other overlanding Actually, gear and uh, needs.
0: I got their hitch extension.
1: Oh um, yeah. How's that been working out?
0: Well so Rhino sent me their two bike carrier. Yep. And then right off the bat realized it's not gonna work. I, I kind of figured it wouldn't. The bike carrier uh, is not uh, gonna work. Yeah it hits it. the because I have the Evo cage the caged Evo like uh, 37 the inch tire carrier yeah carrier. so I needed like at least a couple inches in order to clear the carrier And sure enough, with their extension, it clears perfect. Um, We discovered that to use the stock uh, hitch mount, we will need to drop it, though. So they're talking about creating an elbow now that'll drop it about an inch, inch and a half, which will then be money so then I can swing down the bike carrier and clear the tire as it swings out. Yeah. But right now I can get my bike if I don't plan on opening up the, the rear end and it's it's solid
1: see this is why i like rig supply because they immediately noticed something that could be improved took note and there you go right so last but certainly not least because i think we should give them a shout out because they are sponsoring the fuel for this trip and making this possible happy so ali why don't you do the honors yeah
0: i mean uh, when i set out to do my uh build one of the companies that i connected with was yukon gear and axle uh owned by randy's worldwide and They've been nothing but supportive. Uh, I run their gears. Um, They put me in touch with RCV. Just, Just really good guys. And when I told them about Magnaflow changing direction and that we were kinda on the outs, they came in, they said, hey, we got your gas, just get out here. We got some great runs, so we're gonna do a night run with them tomorrow night. Oh, that'd be right. Uh, On Tuesday night, after the Warren run. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be an awesome time. I'm Well, I'm expecting it to be an awesome time. And yeah, just looking forward to a bigger relationship with them as we go. Yeah, um, absolutely, but thanks they're, guys. they're not the last people. One last thing-
1: All right, go Which for is it.
0: something near and dear to you, is
1: you've connected with a charity, right? Yes, um, I have. Um, I don't have the full, like, you know, approval and all the details just quite yet, but I will give them a plug because they deserve it. And you guys, and and you, what's that? Yeah. They're near and dear and you guys should definitely check them out. And they're called gear forward. Um, and what they do is they take, um, old used or even new donated gear and they, um, Give it to underprivileged children so they can experience the outdoors, right? So um, it's something that, to me, I think the outdoors in general is um, this is gonna where we're gonna kind of kind of hit the soft spot or soft spot and tug at the heartstrings a little bit. So <laughs> sorry, um, but look, Don't this is the, yeah, this is the way that I see it. Right? Is get you your Phoenix up. Yeah, <laughs> this is the way that I wish I had music like the little violin. <laughs> this is the way that I see it. Is that One of the most amazing things that getting out does for you is it gives you perspective, right? It exposes you to some of the most amazing things that are out there. And it also expands your horizons as to what's possible, Right. right? If you're an inner city kid and all you see around you is, you know, crime and streets and drugs and police and... The daily grind and miserable and misery and Dude, all I of this stuff, right? Yeah. Like you know, it's it's really hard. It's really easy to kind of lose perspective on the adjacent possible, thinking right? that there's nothing else out there. Thinking there's nothing else out there, right? that This this is your world, and the reality is it's not, right? And so sometimes these kids, they just need perspective. They need to know that they can do more, that it's attainable, and that someone is willing to help them do it, right? And so, you know, Ali had a, we, him and I had a conversation about a family member going through a challenge, and a young, a young person, and, you know, how sometimes all these people need to deviate off their current path is is just a different it's just some help man a different direction some perspective and to know that look like i grew up in an inner city and i never did rock climbing i never did even mountain biking until i was 16 or 17 and it's because i just thought that wasn't for me that's something those rich kids did you know right. and the reality is that's not true anyone can do it but you don't know that when you're when you're a kid growing up in an inner sure. city so anyways that's
0: i mean can i piggyback off that go a little for bit? it yeah yeah i mean um, we grew up like upper lower class. I would say like we lived in a nice apartment building But in downtown crappy ass Long Beach at the time Long Beach is you know always gonna be near and dear to me And I hope to one day return but where we lived was a shithole I used to have to fight kids like little gangbangers for my toys. Oh,
1: totally senior. I knew
0: the I knew the corner drug dealer because well, my dad would buy weed from him like, you know It was that kind of life. Yeah, and his name was spider and uh <laughs> Basically, my dad though, for all his faults, he would take us to Sequoia every year. And that I think helped to broaden my perspective and my mind. So when you told me about this uh, charity organization and you're like, hey, would you be interested in us like kind of helping to boost it or promote it? Right. I know you were already doing with OC Rigs & Coffee, but you know, for the podcast as well, dude, 100% on board, we need this, they need it. If we can help it happen, Let's make it
1: happen. Yeah, 100%. So, so long story short, um, if if I'm, I have a, a call with them to kind of help them create a drop-off zone in uh, Orange County for, for to collect this nice, gear. Dude. And that's going to be ongoing. It's not going to be a one-time thing. It's going to be an always thing. Um, I'm in OC Riggs and Coffee in uh, Laguna Hills that happens once a month on the first Saturday of the month. If everything goes to plan, um, it's going to be an official drop-off location for all of your used... Gear that you want to donate or new gear that you want to donate and I'll stuff it in the FJ, take it home and I'll deliver it to Gear Forward. So if you want to learn more about them, it's GearForward.com uh, or just shoot any of us a message and we'll be happy to uh, point you in the right direction. But I hope this relationship works out and even if it doesn't, I'm still going to donate gear to those guys nice. and you should too. So I got on temp. that
0: note... You got a 10 for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. On that note, thanks for listening guys. Thanks for sitting with us. I hope the audio turns out great in in kate she's a little noisy but i hope that uh i hope you can hear it you can reach me at Trucky mctruckface on instagram and kate the jeep on instagram also don't forget to visit uh, rigged for dirt at rigfordirt.com and Rig for dirt on instagram and on that note thanks for listening we'll catch you on the next one take care guys